this Wednesday, January 10th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Ross, we're brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and you use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge, sponsored by EdgeBoost. Free to enter and $20,000 in Edge Boost deposit bonuses up for grabs. Enter today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NFL playoff. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, January 10th, here to get into our NBA betting picks for the Wednesday night schedule. A bit of a schedule change here. Uh, Terrell had something that he had to attend to, so I am going to do my best to fill in for the villain on this Wednesday episode. He should be back later this week, of course, for the rest of the week. But joining me as usual here on these Wednesday episodes, I got my guy here with me. It's Scott Zudi Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? They're doing pretty well. I know we had a great overall. Um, yeah, we just had a great episode yesterday. Just simply put, yeah. I didn't have a great week last week in the NBA, but we bounced back well. Uh, I know that I hit the lock and dog picks. Had two random player props. I had Cam Reddish under one and a half assists. The game had about nine hundred points in the second half, and he still had zero assists, so that worked out well. <laughs> and I had Marcus Smart uh, four plus threes at three to that one. That was a great call. Dislocated a finger and he hit his four three pointer. So then he didn't play again. So shout out to him, gambling legend Marcus Smart, who hit a three with nine fingers. So appreciate him. Then with the underdog lineup, uh, we had Hardenstein higher eleven and a half rebounds. We had Suggs two and a half threes, and we had AD. I think it was twenty eight and a half points, yep. and that was six to one, and that cashed too. So overall, very good episode. And yeah, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, uh, the lone loser was myself on the uh, dog pick. It wasn't even close. I had the magic in the first half. Uh, they got run out of the gym uh, in that first half. But uh, the Kings team total got there uh, in a game where the Pistons, I think I saw a note that said from either the 1950s or the 1960s, something like that, that they were the first team to have an 18-point lead at the end of the first quarter or within the first quarter and go on to lose the game uh, by 18-plus points. Uh, but... Yeah, they're back in action tonight. I know we'll talk about that game. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit later here on the episode. But uh, yeah, turned out to be a really good night as far as the association went for us, Scott. Uh, I swapped the player props that I put out on my Twitter, uh, split the locking dog um, you know, for myself. You had a great night as well. So hopefully we can continue rolling this uh, into the Wednesday card here. Big schedule here tonight. But let's quickly recap anything from last night, Scott, uh, and then we'll get into the games here for the Wednesday schedule. Anything that kind of stood out to you last night? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I got to talk about the, uh, I'm trying to think if I want to use the officiating first or the press conference response by Darko first. I got to think of which order I want to go in here. I'll start with the response from the Toronto head coach. Well done. Bravo. I I was impressed. There was some broken English in there, but he got his point across. I respect it. He really, uh, was willing to accept the fine. So I respect him for speaking up for his players. 
He also called Scotty Barnes a future face in the league, which is a little bit overselling it. But either way, most of the points were, were there for Darko. The officiating was terrible in the fourth quarter. It was. And I know that, once again, Toronto covered in the end. Some people had the money line. They covered the four and a half. But still, 23 to two in free throws in the fourth quarter. 23 to two. So I want to start off there. Because I acknowledge that there was a thread going around on Twitter, which had all of the Toronto fouls. And yes, most of them were fouls. I'm not telling you Toronto's were not foul calls. Having said that, there's no way Toronto only got fouled one time in the act of shooting in 12 minutes. So I'm okay with the Lakers getting 23 if they constantly drive to the win or to the rim. It's the two that bothers me. Because Toronto shoots some threes, they attack the basket. There's no way in the NBA you can only get two free throws in a quarter, even if you're just a jump-shooting team. They call fouls yeah. on everything. So you can't have like it one way where the Lakers get all the foul calls going to the rim and Toronto gets no calls going to the rim. So I agree with Darko. I, once again, think the Scotty Barnes point was pretty funny. I get he's trying to hype up his best player since Siakam's going to be on a different team in about two weeks. But still, props to Darko. He said what he needed to say. It was a really bad look, and I know Ben Taylor's had a history with the Raptors. I know Van Vliet had some comments about him in years past. Ben Taylor just seems to be very anti-Raptor. Maybe it's not as bad as CP3 against Scott Foster, but it yeah. might be a silver medalist for beef in the NBA. But I stand with Darko. He was right. The fourth quarter was a bunch of garbage, but either way, I like what the coach had to say. Toronto's been playing better basketball. They're still not a great defensive team. The yeah. Lakers won a game. They're still not a very good basketball team, but they won a game that they probably didn't deserve to win. That's where I'm going to start with. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, obvious, I know the guys in the chat are talking about it as well, the AD flop, I guess we can say, with the game-tying three uh, in that fourth quarter, late in that fourth quarter. Um, I actually went back. I fell asleep last night because um, I just fell asleep, and I went back like early this morning when I woke up in the middle of the night and just kind of went back and looked at the score. It, when I went to sleep, it was like 109, 108 with like under four minutes left. And that game ended with 132 to 131. So my first inclination was this game went into overtime. But no, I didn't see that little slash OT next to the finals. Like, what the hell happened? So there I am at four o'clock in the morning watching the highlights of what happened. And I saw the, you know, the bad foul calls. And then I got on Twitter, like you mentioned, and, you know, saw, saw the Darko presser and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, the guys in the chat are green, and I'm with Darko as well, man. I think it was a little bit ridiculous, um, you know, what kind of transpired late in that fourth quarter, entirely of the fourth quarter as well. I feel like the Raptors get, did get a little bit job there. But like you mentioned, like the foul calls that were called on uh, the Raptors in that fourth quarter, yes, they were fouls, but at the same time, anything could be a foul. Like it's similar to, I think it's similar to NFL that you could you could go holding Hold, on every holding single penalties, play. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But you you know you only call the obvious ones, but I think that and I think that applies in the NBA as well that there's fouls called, but you know, sometimes you have refs that have friendly whistles, you have uh refs that swallow their whistles and let you know you play the game out, and they're just referees like you mentioned, like Ben Taylor that has some type of uh beef or feud with the Raptors. And then there's, you know, like you mentioned as well, CP3 and Scott Foster. But um, yeah, I think that again, this Toronto team is, they're going to be a very good offensive team. They're going to take a step back defensively. And we've seen that we've seen now what the Knicks have been able to do with OG and Anobi on that team defensively and how much of a step back those Raptors have taken defensively as well. As far as the Lakers, 
I agree with you. I still don't think they're a very good team. And then we talk about this every single year is that what type of move are they going to make at the trade deadline to improve this roster? But as of last night, uh, with the refs help, they did get the victory last night to get back to 500. Um, but now the Raptors stay in LA to take on the Clippers here tonight. We'll talk about the game, obviously, as well. Um, what else? Anything else from last night, uh, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to keep taking uh, the Barrett under one nap assist. That might be my play moving forward, so I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I saw somebody in the chat said that they got Barrett no assist at plus 300. So shout out to you. Uh, but to go through everything else, the Pistons, you said before, they scored 47 points. In- yeah, a reddish. Reddish, yeah, okay. Yeah, for uh, under half an assist. But uh, the Pistons, you said before, uh, they scored 47 in the first quarter <laughs> and finished with 110, which I'm impressed by. Uh, Sabonis yeah. had 37 with a triple-double, so props to him. Fox had a really bad beat if he had the points over because he had oh. like 22 at the half, and then he had the ball fell out of his hands on a dunk attempt late, and he finished yeah. uh, by, I think it was either the hook or so. But that was rough. But for the most part, uh, the latter or not the latter, the uh, rollover parlay with the Pistons fade money line is through day one. We're up 18 bucks. So we're going to roll it into day two, and we're going to go with the Spurs. So we're going to see what happens, but the Kings made it fun for about a half and then decided, what are we doing? And they just buried the the Pistons. So (laughs) a lot of blowouts, which we kind of expected. I mean, there were a lot of big spreads. Sacramento won comfortably despite the weird start. Uh, You ended up seeing the Knicks kill Portland, which I thought would happen. I was wrong about the Minnesota game. Uh, I kind of dared them on the road. They showed up. Props to them. I'm not going to make any excuses for Orlando being shorthanded because they still beat Denver as a shorthanded yeah. team. So props mm-hmm. to Minnesota. They played well. And then you had Memphis. And I know that initially we were leaning to Memphis. Then I kind of flip-flopped. And I said, if Jaron doesn't play, I'm probably going to be passing. Jaron didn't play, and they still killed Dallas. So yeah. the Mavericks are a team that we've been kind of out on with Luka and Kyrie together because from the small sample size that we've seen, it has really not worked out together because they can't guard anybody, and they lost again. So Memphis is a team that has injuries to Jaw, injuries to Steven Adams. Now Marcus Smart might be out. We'll see what happens. They try hard, and Dallas defensively packs uh, kind of packs it in on occasion. So a lot of really ugly games, but a couple results that kind of surprised me a bit. But for the most part, the two massive spreads, the double-digit spreads, the team's covered easily, and that wasn't exactly too shocking. Yeah, I was watching that uh, Mavericks game in the in the in the uh, Grizzlies game because I know we had multiple player props in that game, so I had that game on. And um, Grizzlies were just they just were running in that game, like miss make. They were getting out up and down the floor uh, with Desmond Bain, with Marcus Smart, um, and the role players that they also did have. You know, Luke Kennard had a pretty good game there as well. Um, and now we'll see if again with Marcus Smart now being injured, how much. How many shot? How much shot volume? Or who's going to be that other guy that's going to step up next to uh, Desmond Bain as well? So, um, yeah, pretty. I think I guess standard night in the association. Um, we had a pretty good night, so hopefully we can roll it over here into the uh, Wednesday card here as well. All right, Scott. Before we get into the games here for tonight, uh, let me tell everyone about the NFL um, playoff challenge that we're having uh, on SGPN. Uh, We're proud to announce the SGPN playoff challenge. Edge Boost is the first uh, bet now pay later provider that enables you to double your bet at any sportsbook or DFS site with no interest. The contest is bankroll style, and you start with 10,000 virtual units. At the end of the playoffs, the biggest bankroll will win credit into higher advanced limits from Edge Boost. The winner gets top three will get a deposit match from Edge Boost up to 2500 with no interest or fees. 
top 25 get a deposit match from edge boost up to 500 with no interest or fees. So all I got to do is head over to sports gambling podcast.com slash NFL playoff to enter again, that sports gambling podcast.com slash NFL playoff to enter. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings is the official partner, betting partner of the NFL playoffs, and they're bringing you an offer that'll help you make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or in use code SGP. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets at one hundred expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And speaking of the uh, NFL playoffs, we're brought to you by Game Time. Look, you probably want to get out if your team, like mine, is in the uh, NFL playoffs, or maybe you want to get out to a college basketball game, you want to get out to an NBA game, or not only NBA or sporting events, you want to get out to a music uh, concert that's in your area, or a comedy show, anything that's going on in your area that requires tickets, let Game Time help you out with that, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Their app is so great to use to have flash deals and last-minute tickets available. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Lowest price guaranteed, and even uh, they have event cancellation protection for you as well. GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. So forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Get this. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will cut you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their price. And the best part is before you actually buy those tickets, you can get images of your seat before you actually buy those tickets so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy the tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email box. They're perfect for the uh, for the playoffs. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Scott. Let's get into the schedule here for the uh, Wednesday games. Here, let's kick it off with the first game on the schedule. Uh, talking about those Detroit Pistons, uh, we got the probably the toilet bowl. Oh, it is a toilet bowl, not probably, but it is a toilet bowl game. Of the day, the San Antonio Spurs, they are headed to the Motor City to take on the Pistons. The Spurs are currently a three-point road favorite here in Detroit with a total of 238. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Zach Collins continues to be out for this game, and that is pretty much it. Detroit did play, uh, like we mentioned, on uh, Tuesday night, so they do get extra time to submit that injury report. Um Let's start with the side here. Uh, Scott, I already know where you're going here with the money line, at least. But what do you think about the spread minus three? Yeah, I'll go with San Antonio. At the end of the day, Detroit had a very good first quarter. 
I might have just been Ewing. Th- it might have been the fastest Ewing theory I've ever seen. Because for 12 minutes, they looked like the best team in the league and then immediately forgot how to play basketball. So I'm going to go with San Antonio. Besides the fact that it's one, a healthy San Antonio team, even though Wemby's playing 25 minutes a game, compared to a Detroit team that's missing Cade, they're also on a back-to-back. Like It's really not a good scheduling spot at all. I know that they were at home yesterday, so there's not any travel involved, but you're playing a back-to-back against back against teams in the NBA that play up-tempo. So the Kings go up-tempo, you go up-tempo, now the Spurs come to town. So they might be exhausted in the second half. So I'm going to go with San Antonio here. I know that this team's bad. They're not Detroit bad. So I'll go with San Antonio to get the job done at three. Once again, we're going to see what happens with the rollover parlay. This might be the trickiest leg in the second day. So we're going to see what happens, but without Cade, I can't back this team. Like, I just can't do it. Give me San Antonio with some rest. I know you mentioned it yes, or, uh, earlier when we were talking about this game that um, they scored 47 in the first quarter, and then after that they come, they play, what scored 63 points. Um, yeah, that's not very good at all. Um, on back-to-back situations this season, the Detroit Pistons 1-5 and five straight up, 3-3 three and three against the spread. It is five and one to the over uh, where they're giving up about 120 points per game uh, in that back-to-back situation. But yeah, I agree with you, man. Again, um, again, I think it was telling that 47 in the first quarter yesterday. Then after that, they just absolutely just blew the game last night against the Kings. So you mentioned, I think that talent is definitely 100% better on the, on the, sorry, the San Antonio Spurs here. So let's not waste too much time here. Minus three. Let's go with San Antonio Spurs. Uh, take care of business against the Pistons. Uh, total is two. Uh, 38 here, Scott. Um, I'm on the over here. I'll keep it simple here. Uh, two teams that don't play any defense. Spurs team total is intriguing to me as well, but what do you like as far as the total? I think I just like the Spurs team total over because once again, even though both teams don't guard anybody, I'm worried about fatigue. Uh, yeah. Kings play up tempo. That game was a crazy pace, and I'm worried about on a back-to-back with no talent. The Pistons are going to run out of gas. So maybe I don't mind the first half over if you're going to expect a lot of points early. And maybe the Pistons can figure out out offensively for a quarter, like we saw yesterday. But at the end of the day, when you have tired legs and the Spurs are going to definitely make the Pistons run for the entire game, I do have questions about fatigue. So I'm going to lean to the Spurs team total over. For the full game total, I probably would lean over as well. But Mm -hmm. Detroit, once again, being out of talent and being fatigued, I would rather take the Spurs team total over. Uh, Let's go to player props. Anything you're looking at? Yeah, my favorite play overnight was Wemby Blocks, which was minus 135, but now it's like minus 180, so I don't think I can take that anymore. Uh, But looking at the actual props here, uh, I think I got to just stick with the main guys for San Antonio. Uh, Probably, I mean, I don't mind Wemby four or five blocks anyway. Detroit gives up the fourth most blocks per game in the league. But I probably would be looking at Vassell, you know, Keldon Johnson, same usual suspects, really nothing changing there. Uh, maybe if you want to go with like Champagne threes, I think he's going to get a decent role. Maybe that's worth an option. But for Detroit, I mean, you're probably just going back to like Duran rebounds and you're going to try to just do the usual stuff. Boyan like points because nobody else can score on the entire team. Yeah. But like it's basically just whoever you think you can actually trust on Detroit and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, Duran rebounds. It's at 12 and a half at minus 130. The San Antonio Spurs are over the last two weeks are allowing. 16.4 rebounds to the um, center position. So I do like that. Um, and you mentioned like two guys that are pretty much going to get the shot volume now with Kate out. It's going to be Ivy. It's going to be Bogdanovich. Uh, last night, Jaden Havy had 17 shot attempts, 22 points last night. 
uh, 14 shot attempts for uh, Boyan as well, and then 14 for Jalen Dern as well. So, um, you know, those were the three guys that led the team at least in a shot attempts last night. So I'll be intrigued by Jaden Ivey here uh, on his points prop. Uh, that number is currently sitting at uh, 20 and a half. Uh, Boyan is at 21 and a half. Um, I think that's pretty much it uh, that I have for player props here. Anything else for this game? No, not really. Once again, it's an ugly game, but there's money to be made, and I'm not going to try to waste money on Detroit. So I'm going to San Antonio. All right. Next game on the board, we got the Washington Wizards. They are in in, in Indiana to take on the Pacers. Currently, the Pacers are a 7.5-point home favorite here with a total of 252.5. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Washington Wizards. Uh, pretty clean injury report, only... Uh, Scott's favorite player, Landry Shamit, is going to be out for this game. Uh, yeah, Indiana Pacers, uh, their injury report. We know about Tyrese Halliburton. Um, pretty good news. I know we got, I think right after we got off the pod yesterday, um, the Hallie news came out that he's only going to be missing a thing. Uh, this is, I think, two weeks, but he did avoid a serious injury to the hamstring. So that's good news if you're. Uh, just a basketball fan in general because we watch uh, love watching how they play the game. Other than that, a uh, pretty healthy squad for the Indiana Pacers here. Uh, Scott, seven and a half in favor of the Pacers here hosting the Washington Wizards. What are you thinking? I feel like I have to take Washington. Like I understand this team is not very good, but when you are missing your best player, arguably a top 10 player, I'd probably put him close to like top 15. He's definitely yeah. top 20. But Halliburton's the top 20 player in the league. Anytime you lose the main, I'd say, cog in your offense, the one who completely runs everything for your team, I, I'm not going to lay seven and a half with you. Like I, I'm just not going to do it. And Washington did win the last meeting. Coincidentally, it was the game that Halliburton first got injured in where he hurt his knee. But the Wizards kind of killed them the entire way through in that game. I know Tyus Jones had a triple-double in that game. But I'm going to lean to Washington. Seven and a half is crazy. Like, if I ask you right now, who's the best player on the court for this game? Is it Kuzma? Does Washington have the best player getting seven and a half? Miles Turner? Is it Kuzma? Mm, yeah. Kuzma might be the best player on the court. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's probably Kuzma. Yeah. Once again, it's a low bar, but if Kuzma is the best player in the game and he's on the team getting seven and a half, I'm going to take seven and a half. I've seen Indiana play without Halliburton on a couple of occasions this season. They've been terrible. Like, it makes sense. It's not their fault, but I'm not yeah. going to lay seven and a half. Ty Jones, that... okay, fair point, Luis, but I don't know if his role's big enough on the team, but I can agree with that. Still, yeah. I think I think the Wizards are probably the play. Yeah. Maybe a sprinkle on the money line, but I'm not laying seven and a half without Halliburton. That's crazy. I think the depth is better for the Pacers as an overall team and not having the best player on the floor uh, versus the Wizards. It's you're relying on Kuzma, and then it's a crapshoot on trying to figure out who's going to step up. Did you guys, uh, or Lewis mentioned Titus Jones as well, agree with that. Um, so the but, Wizards have the two best players in this game. Yeah, but then I think that if we talk about like bench depth and guys that can contribute i think the pacers have the edge where yeah the overall have, roster is better for indiana depth wise yeah. i'm just saying if we're talking about tyus jones or kuzma being the best player in this game sure. that's active then the wizards yeah. have the best two players and they're getting seven and a half yeah so. um three games this season without uh tyrese in the lineup they are one and two straight up one and two against the spread um but i think the more question or 
the issue, I guess we can say, for the Pacers is that they just give up a lot of points in those uh, games uh, to the opposition. So they gave up 155 without uh, Halley in the game. They gave up 129 uh, to the Miami Heat, but they did win that game against the Heat. They scored 144. And then against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, they only ended up scoring 109, but also gave up 127 points in that game. And I know um, over the last five games, the Washington Wizards defense uh, is still second to last, or second worst, I should say, only trailing the Detroit Pistons. And Indiana defensively has stepped it up over the last five games. They're right around number 16 as far as defensive rating goes. But um, I, I think, yeah, I've got to take the Wizards here by default as well. Um, so, yeah, Wizards for me, plus seven and a half. Total in this game, Scott, 252 and a half. What do you think? I don't trust either team to play defense, but with no Halliburton, 252 and a half. Like, I don't, I have no idea. It's such a massive total for a team missing a star point guard. I guess you'd have to consider the over, maybe the Wizards team total over, but yeah. I mean, the last game they had went over that total or barely from what I remember because they had a massive fourth quarter and Halliburton missed the entire fourth quarter. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to lean under. Okay. A little bit too I, much injury uncertainty for me. I got I I don't trust Indiana without Halliburton, so I really don't want to lay in over in the two fifties. I, I just can't do it. But I think we go back to that the game that Halley got injured in against the uh Celtics. He didn't return in that second half. Um I, mean, I think that was it was probably a more of an emotional spot or a get up spot for the Pacers against the Celtics because they did score 74 points in that second half. Um, which was led by uh, by uh, Benedict Matherin in that game. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, you think you got to go. Uh, I want to. Yeah, I want to see this first game. What Pacers are able to do offensively without Tyrese for a full game, um, and see who kind of steps up because it feels like at that obviously at that guard position it's going to be, you know, Matherin. It's going to be TJ McConnell. Um, but are they going to be able to score consistently for them to be able to put up points like they have been all season where Tyrese was that guy that was getting the guy set up in the right spots, you know, just racking up automatically 13 assists a night. And he was able to score as well. Now is TJ McConnell and Matherin going to be able to do that in the absence of Halliburton is the question that I'm going to have uh, going forward, at least for the next two weeks for this Pacers team. So I'll lean to the under. I'm not going to be playing it, especially with how bad the Wizards defense is here. But, you know, we give out picks here for every single game. Player props, Scott, what are you looking at? Well, I think we got to start off with McConnell, right? Assuming that he's going to be starting. Now, I don't see any props on him yet. I'm assuming he's going to get in the promotion to the starting lineup. I like his assists, obviously. I mean, I really can't go against it. I like McConnell as a backup point guard. I have for a while. I think that he's a solid guy who has pretty solid court vision. So I know he's undersized. Defense defense can be an issue, but he's good at getting his teammates involved. And he's kind of good at kind of maneuvering through the lane, faking some potential up and under, some mid-range jumpers. I think he's crafty, so I actually think kind of like him as a player. But still, I do think that he's his assist is worth a look. I like Matherin points. I'm trying to think of who's going to get the biggest green light with Halliburton not taking as many shots probably would be Matherin because he yeah. thrives in isolation, and I do think that he might be forced into some difficult create-your-own-shot spots late in the shot clock. Kind of like the anti-Buddy Heald, because Heald comes around screens, but he really doesn't create much off the dribble, and Matherin does. So I think Matherin's going to generate a lot of shot opportunities for himself. So I like Matherin over for points. Um, Do we think it's McConnell, or do we think it's Andrew Nimhard that gets a start? 
Uh, is there a chance they use both? Mm, yeah, I think so, because I don't see Andrew Nimhart's props out just yet. And Matherin's come off see. the bench before. That's kind of why I'm wondering. Yeah, and I think uh, we talked about this when um, Hallie was out earlier this season, that we were playing rebounds and assists for McConnell, um, yeah. and we were getting uh, you know, ch- um, a cheap number on that. So I'll, we'll keep that uh, as we get closer, obviously, to game time. Um, but as far as... Yeah, I would look at Ben Matherin. He'll probably he's going to get the um, he, he'll he'll get the bulk of the shots that Hallie was getting when he was obviously in the lineup. Uh, I'm trying to see what Kyle Kuzma has done against the Pacers this season. Let's see here before we move on. Um, uh, let's see. So two games this season, he's averaging 28 points in those games. 25. Uh, back in the first game this regular season, and then in December 15th, he had 31 points uh, in that game. Let me see what his points prop is today. He's at 24.5, so I don't hate Kyle Kuzma here at 24.5 to go over on that. Uh, but that's pretty much it, man. Anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. Uh, once again, it's going to be a weird game. I don't mind Tyus Jones' assists as well. He had a triple-double last game against this team, so I do think that he's a very in a very good spot to exploit a very bad defense. Pace should be crazy. So I got to mention Tyus Jones. I don't think he's going to have a triple-double again, but double-double, I think that's definitely worth consideration. Six and a half uh, is the number oh, for very, Tyus it's Jones. It's very, very low. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, he did have <coughs> excuse me, um, a triple-double earlier this season against the against the Pacers, 13, 10, and 11. And then another game, he had 16, 3, and 6 assists uh, for, the, um, for the Washington Wizards. All right, Scott, before we get over to the next game on the schedule here, uh, let me tell everyone about the new sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's going to be Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes and tons of fun social features that give it a feel of a betting social network. Cut offers slower VIG and customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things so you never have to chase anyone down for money. Social features include uh, group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan uh, groups, and much more. They also have a reward system. You get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Um, So all I got to do is go to uh, cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com and use promo code SGPN for 10% off um on your deposit bonus sorry 10 10 deposit bonus again so go to kutt.com or just download the app and use promo code sgpn for a 10 percent deposit bonus and we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy underdog fantasy gives you the opportunity to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long whether it's the nfl nba nhl college basketball college football simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Stay tuned at the ep- end of the episode. Uh, end of the at the end of the episode, if I can get that out. Um, Scott and myself will put together a underdog fantasy entry. Hopefully, we can go back to back nights cashing a underdog fantasy entry. So you guys can watch along. You can make make your own picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. 
All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. My man, next game on the schedule here for tonight, we'll go over to the game between the um, Sacramento Kings. They are in Charlotte here tonight to take on the Hornets. Uh, the Kings currently are a seven and a half point uh, favorite in this game with a total of 238, sorry, 230 and a half here. Looking at the injury report, uh, Sacramento does get that extra time to get that injury report submitted. So nothing official for them yet uh, for the Charlotte Hornets in this game. Um, obviously, we are, are they are without LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward and Frank Milikina and Mark Williams. Uh, guys that are questionable is going to be Cody Martin and PJ Washington is uh, officially listed as doubtful for this game for the Charlotte Hornets. And we talked about this um, on Monday as well. They're just a very, very shorthand. So no Gordon Hayward, no LaMelo Ball. No uh, P.J. Washington, no Mark Williams, and no Frank Nilakina. Scott, start with the side here. Kings on a back-to-back situation here, laying seven and a half points in Charlotte. What are you thinking about this? I'm hoping for Sacramento's sake they can respond well because they lost to the Charlotte team about a week and a half ago for no apparent reason. So it is a revenge spot for Sacramento after they completely no-showed that game against the same exact opponent in the past. So maybe they're going to be in better form and they'll be focused for this game but I can't do it. Like, I, I just can't do it. I, I've roasted the Kings for a couple of months at this point. I think that the team is entertaining. I'm not sure how good they are. They're entertaining, but I'm not picking them to actually like win by margin against anybody because they don't guard anyone. And they had a very up-tempo game. They had to use a lot of the starters for a lot of minutes because they no-showed the first quarter in that game against Detroit yesterday. I'm going to link to Charlotte at home. I think seven and a half is a lot of points, and I think that even if Charlotte is not full of talent – they can find ways to score. They did in the last meeting. So I'm going to link to Charlotte plus seven and a half. Kings on a back-to-back situation this year. One and four straight up. Oh, and five against the spread. Uh, they're two and three towards, sorry, uh, three and two towards the under. They're giving up 125 points per game on back-to-back situations to the opposition. So, um, yeah, I think that this is going to be a game where I think the Charlotte Hornets uh, can keep it close. I think there could also be a possibility where they can win it outright. Like I mentioned on back-to-back situations, one and four straight up are the uh, Sacramento Kings. So um, if I had Gordon Hayward in this game, uh, I would probably look at the Hornets team total over, but they just haven't been very good offensively over the last several weeks, especially you know, when Gordon Hayward went down. Um, you know, me and Terrell have talked about slide. He's kind of like that, that glue guy for this offense, um, you know, when LaMelo Ball's not in there. So, um, but yeah, definitely on the Hornets here. I'll sprinkle uh, a little bit on that money line there as well. Maybe put a little pizza money bet on that. But yeah, Hornets for me here as well. Scott, total 230 and a half. I think I'm going to lean over, but I don't have much in this game. Uh, once again, it's a spot where I know Charlotte's not good, but I don't want to lay seven and a half with Sacramento, especially on a back-to-back. So yeah, I'm going to lean over, but yeah, it's basically it. Yeah, the Hornets are the second worst offensive rated team over the last five games. Um, right down there with the Chicago Bulls, with the Charlotte Hornets. So, um, I mean, if they had a couple more healthy guys in there, I would look at the Charlotte Hornets team total over just because of how bad the Sacramento Kings have been on back to back situations. But I just couldn't get there. Uh, player props, what are you looking at? Uh, for player props, I got to mention, uh, I feel like I got to go with some bonus points and rebounds, right? The yeah. assists have not been there against Charlotte in previous meetings, but the points have been, and the rebounds, we know that Sabonis is a monster on the glass. Mm-hmm. I think in the last meeting, what do you have, 23 rebounds against this team? 20, like, two rebounds? It's something crazy. Um, 23 points, 19 rebounds, and then last yeah. season, he had 28 and 23. 
Okay, so the point is he's a monster with it when it comes to points and rebounds. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. back to it with with Sabonis. If I'm picking Charles to keep it close, I kind of have to take Rozier. Probably yeah. threes or points, but I mean he had 34 against Sacramento in the last meeting. He's had at least 34 in three of the last four games. Had 39 last game against Chicago. I think another contender needs to try to trade for Rozier, but still. I like Rozier in the spot. I think his points are too low. His threes are too low. I think he's in line to potentially torch a tired team. And looking at the actual props for Rozier as I pull them up right now, his point prop is currently at, sorry, let me just see what it's at, 26 and a half. Mm-hmm. That feels too low to me. I'm going to go with the over on that. And his threes, looking for those. His threes are currently at, I think they're at three and a half. Let me just quickly check. It's headed that way. Threes are at three and a half. It's it's plus 130, though. Like, I I like the price on that. I think Rozier's lines are too low. Yeah, there's a two and a half at minus 175, so pretty much at three and a half. Um, Yeah, Sabonis rebounds obviously jumps off the page. Um, We talk about the Charlotte Hornets team just giving it up to the center position. That number's at 13 and a half for Sabonis. Um, and what Sabonis has done over the last several games against the um, Charlotte Hornets, just last four games, 18 rebounds, 16, 23, and 19. So um, should be a good game rebounding-wise for uh, Damanis Sabonis here tonight. Agree about Terry Rozier. He's not only the... I guess consistent score, but the guy that's going to be getting the shot volume for this team, him and uh, Miles Bridges, obviously, with all the injuries that they have been dealing with. Because um, you take a look at last game, uh, just for example, I know he didn't went into overtime, obviously, but um, 18 shot attempts each for Miles Bridges and Terry Rozier. And the next closest guy was Nick Smith uh, Jr. coming off the bench, uh, where he did have uh, 15 shot attempts for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So those were the couple that I was looking at as well. Anything else for this game here, Scott? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think that for this game, once again, it's just about fading Sacramento in a back-to-back spot. Yeah, Nick pointing out rebounds over for Sabonis as well. Terry Rozier assist as well. Yeah, couldn't talk you off you. either one of those. And also guys pointing out uh, Hornets first half money line, maybe. Yeah, Charlotte Hornets first quarter money line. I can definitely see that for sure. Uh, our next game on the board here for tonight, Scott's going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are headed to Beantown to take on the Boston Celtics. Celtics currently laying nine points in this game with a total of 223. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Minnesota did play last night. I, th- I, wanna, I, I saw the note that Anthony Edwards left the game last night. I'm not sure if he did return or not. Uh, let me double check that here. Take a look at it. I think it's minutes. safe to assume he's not going to play tonight, right? Yeah, he played 26 minutes last night. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that we can assume that he's not going to play because this was a significant line move because it opened about five and a half in favor of the Boston Celtics, and now it's up to nine. So I think that kind of tells you uh, what they're at. Um, Boston Celtics injury report here. Let's see if I can find Boston here. Here they are. Drew Holiday is questionable. I just did see. I know that Al Horford did par- participate in shoot around. So that's always a good sign um, for a player if they're going to play. Then Kristaps uh, Porzingis is uh, questionable here tonight. He has a right knee contusion. Also, do want to mention there was a note that came across um, from one of the beat reporters from the Minnesota Timberwolves um, that said that they were not able to fly to Boston uh, last night. So that stay in Orlando um, and they're scheduled to land in Orlando. Sorry, they're scheduled to land in Boston about seven hours before uh, tip time. So uh, keep that in mind if you're going to be uh, betting this game. So 
Uh, Minnesota stayed the night last night in Orlando because of inclement weather, and they are going to try to get out to Boston um, about seven hours before game time, which is right about like hour or so. They should be on the way there to uh, Boston here. But Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus nine in favor of the Minnesota, sorry, in favor of the Boston Celtics. What are you thinking? I think based on the injury news to Edwards and based on the travel schedule, I think Boston's going to kill him, just to be honest. I know Boston's been a team that we've kind of been, uh, I'd say we've had mixed feelings with because we know how talented this team is, but we also know that this team with Missoula can always slip up at any moment. Having said that, it's such a terrible spot for Minnesota because your best player got injured. Yes, you won the game anyway. Nice show against Orlando. You're flying back in the either Wednesday morning or like maybe early Wednesday afternoon. What are you mm-hmm. like a college team? Like no, the schedule is ridiculous. Like yeah, I, I feel like with this really unusual traveling spot, I gotta fade them. Just simply put, but I think looking at a spot here, uh, you're looking at a situation where the Timberwolves probably struggle, come out flat. Boston probably smacks them if I had to guess. Yeah, I think that um, with I think the, no, the the first advantage that Minnesota is going to have is going to be on the board. But when we talk about back to back situations here, uh, let me see what the Wolves have done in back to back situations this season. So they've only played in this will be their third game uh, in a back to back situation. One and one straight up, zero and two against the spread, two and zero to the over. They played the Phoenix Suns, where they gave up one hundred and thirty three. And lost that game by 18 points, and then they played the Lakers uh, on their home floor. They beat the Lakers in that game. I want to say that was a game they didn't have LeBron, if I'm not mistaken. But they did win the game, but they just didn't cover the spread here. But Boston, you know, we know the numbers at home. They're still, I believe, they're still undefeated at home. Are the Boston Celtics? Um, and I think this is a good spot here, just for the Celtics at home, especially probably in the second. I think in the first half is what I'm looking at because Boston has been really good in the first half. Whatever For whatever reason, I think one of our um, guys in the chat also pointing it out that they're not good the uh, a yeah, very good third quarter team. Um, so I think I would look at them first half and then maybe if the Minnesota Timberwolves do make it a close game in that third quarter, um, you want to come back on a live line for the Boston Celtics. But yeah, I would lean first. Uh, we'll be playing Boston Celtics first half, and then I will lead to them in the f- uh, full game as well. But you may be able to get a better number if there is a comeback made by the Minnesota Timberwolves in that third quarter because Celtics have not been a very good offensive team in that third quarter for whatever reason. But just conceptually, so, by the way, how often yeah. do you see teams perform even decently in bad tra- travel spots? It might be selective recall, but don't they always get smacked? It's been a league-wide trend that... Teams on back-to-backs, at least this season, have have been getting uh, smacked, and also the over has been very profitable league-wide in back-to-back situations uh, this season. It's right around 57%. Uh, I know Terrell's talked about that a lot uh, as well uh, on teams that are on back-to-back situations. Also, teams that are on um, back-to-back situations and are on the road, uh, they are only covering 44.1% and are... 32 and 62 straight up. And those teams tonight are going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings, the Toronto Raptors for tonight, at least. So, yeah. Um, Total. Do we already talk about that? I'm sorry. I just completely forgot total in this game. 
I think for this one, I'm going to lean to the... I'm going to lean over in this game. Okay. Not really a strong opinion. I just think that Minnesota's defense might be out of sorts, and I think that Boston's going to be able to stretch the floor a bit. They'll, Porzingis will be able to get Gobert out of the paint, assuming he plays, which should open up uh, driving lanes for the rest of the star players on the roster. So I don't mind the over in this game. Yeah, I think that's going to be the interesting matchup uh, in this game is like who's going to be if if Porzingis does end up in fact playing is the rebounds going to go to Carl Anthony Towns? Is it going to be uh, Rudy Gobert? Because obviously they do have the advantage on the boards here tonight. Do the Minnesota Timberwolves cat? Um, he's been, I think prior to Rudy Gobert, he was dominating on the boards, but I just I probably can't get there with. Um, the rebounds for Cat uh, in this game. Last game, these two teams did match up uh, in Boston. Sorry, in Minnesota earlier this season, where Minnesota did get the five point victory, one fourteen, one oh nine. That game also, game. yeah, overtime game. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, so yeah, I'll lean, I'll lean towards the under. I think that maybe the Minnesota team will just run out of gas uh, in this game. Um, player props, Scott, what are you looking at? Uh well I mean I mentioned before I think Boston star power is gonna have a good game I actually kind of like Gobert under blocks Boston's been okay. the best team in the league at preventing blocks because of Porzingis and Horford stretching out the centers so they're not in the they're not in the paint as much so I think Gobert is actually not gonna have much of an impact defensively in this game so I actually like Gobert blocks under in the spot there's a chance maybe Boston blows them out and they end up sitting some guys but conceptually once again if Porzingis is the ultimate stretch five at this point in the league, and you're looking at what Gobert is going to do, I don't see many opportunities for him to block shots. So I'm going to go with Gobert under with shot blocks in this game. Yeah, I didn't have many player props in this game as of right now. And again, a lot of uncertainty right now for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I do see Anthony Edwards props listed, but are we sure if he's going to play here tonight or not? Uh, we shall find out uh, probably later in the day, closer to that 1230 Eastern time, uh, 130 Eastern time win. Um, you know, those teams that are on back to backs, they submit their injury report uh for the following night's game. So no nothing really for me as far as player props in this game. Anything else for this game, Scott? Uh no, not really. And that's basically it. I don't want Derek White in a bounce back game. All right. Uh next game on the schedule here. Actually, before we get over to the next game here, let me tell everyone about the sponsor here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's going to be the Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL and NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tools to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's get into the next game on the schedule here. We're going to go over to the game between the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. They are in Atlanta here tonight to take on the Hawks. Uh, Hawks are currently a one and a half point favorite in this game with a total now down to 244 uh, in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously the big name that is not playing here tonight is going to be Joel Embiid. He is dealing with a uh, ankle sprain. Uh, also, Robert Covington is going to be out for this game as well. 
DeAnthony Milton is officially listed as questionable for this game for the Philadelphia 76ers. For the Atlanta Hawks, Clint Capella is questionable for this game, and uh, Wesley Matthews is also questionable for this game. Uh, Trey Young is probable. Uh, DeAndre Hunter continues to be out with right knee inflammation. So uh, a couple of injury news for both teams here, Scott. So let's start with the side here. Minus one and a half in favor of the uh, home team, the Atlanta Hawks. What are you thinking about this game? Well, we know the Hawks tend to start off games well, then they fall apart. Uh, so I probably like the Hawks' first quarter in this game. I'm assuming Embiid's not going to play based on the yeah, lack out. of practice. Yeah, I was going to say, and the fact that he's been kind of hampered for the last couple of weeks. But I do think Atlanta, once again, is a good team in the first quarter. All goes downhill from there, but they're yeah. good early in games. In order to blow leads, they have to have them. So I'll go with Atlanta first quarter in this game. Uh, but I do think, once again, the Sixers might hang in there. You might see Maxi get loose for maybe 30-35 against this awful uh, backcourt defense that Atlanta has. But I do think Atlantic's off to a decent start. So I'll lean to the Hawks' first quarter in this game. I want to say this line was two and a half last night um, in favor of the Hawks. and I think They're well, the worst spread in... team of all time. So it's pretty yeah. tough to lay points with this team. Yeah, so at home this season, the Atlanta Hawks are five and nine straight up and two and twelve against the spread at home. The over is thir- eleven and three uh, in Atlanta Hawks home games this season. So, um, yeah, I like your call about the first quarter for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, we've seen this countless times during the regular season. Um, Hawks get out to a great start. In the first quarter, first half, and then they just let their opponents get back um, in that second half of games. So just to put it into context here, the Atlanta Hawks are averaging close to 60 points in the second half in their home games. They're also actually giving up 65 points in the second half as well. So if they do have that lead in the second half, or sorry, in the first half, I'd probably look at a Sixers uh, second half spread uh, in this game. I'll lean towards a Sixers full game here. Again, I can't back a team that's 2-12 and 12 against the spread, even without their best player, MVP, Joel Embiid, in this game. So, uh, like you mentioned, Maxi should uh, get loose here tonight as well. We'll talk about player props here in a second. But total, down to 244 in this game here, Scott. Any thoughts on the total? Uh, it's tough to take unders with Atlanta, but Philly's offense without Embiid plays fast. I'm going to try good it's going to play. I guess I'm going to lean over because it's Atlanta, but I don't really have much in this game. I don't know about you. I think Maxi. Uh, sorry. Um, as far as the total, <laughs> God, it's tough. This Atlanta defense is so so bad, so bad. Even without Joel Embiid, I still think that if the based off of the pace alone, I think we see points because over the last five games, the Atlanta Hawks are number two in pace. I know the Sixers don't play with a lot of pace, but it's different when Joel Embiid is not in the game. Uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, obviously when you have Tyrese Maxey, um, you know, guys like Kelly Oubre, uh, that like getting up and down the floor, um, I'll lean towards the over, man. I don't, I, I really don't trust the Hawks to play any type of defense. Maybe a, a Sixers team total to go over in this game. I still think they can put up points. Is this a fact that are they going to be able to get hot from beyond the arc and knock down their shots? Because there's a stretch when they, ha- um, when Joel Embiid wasn't playing. Um, that they just were, I think it was a game against Chicago. I forgot who it was, but they just weren't able to knock down the shot. And like the following night against the Rockets, like everything was falling for that team uh, in a high scoring affair. But against this Hawks defense, I think that, yeah, I'll look at a Sixers team total to go over in this game. Player props here, Scott, what are we looking at? 
Well, Maxi's a 32 and a half, so that's pretty difficult to fully <laughs> jump into, but I understand the boost. The issue, though, is that Atlanta's defense is just so bad, and Trey is... I'm trying to give a comp. I think Trey's more useless on defense than a spy in Stratego. You ever play Stratego? <laughs> the most meaning, it's the most meaningless piece on the board. But I think for this one, I'm going to go with... Uh, I don't mind the Maxi over in theory. I mean, it's, it's just... Uh, I think he might score 40. Somebody's going to have to score on this team. I maybe wouldn't mind Tobias Harris in this game if I think he can get a boost maybe... If you think Trey plays off ball, maybe you're looking more for like a Melton or somebody like that. But yeah. for me, I think Melton's going to be my main option. Uh, Maxi's great. Maybe like Maxi assists. Anything he's going to pivot. But I do think you're looking at probably Maxi getting to whatever spot he wants. He'll see what happens, and you can pre- you can probably facilitate if you want to pivot. But I do think that Melton's in for a good spot. I just hate this backcourt defense for Atlanta. I think it's terrible. Yeah, Max C, these two teams have played twice already this season, and um, Sixers won 126-116 in Atlanta, and obviously that was with Joel Embiid going off for 32 points. Uh, And then the second game on December 8th, uh, the Sixers also won 125-114, and that was the game where Joel Embiid also played, had 38 points in that game. Um. I think I would look at Tobias Harris. I still feel like his points prop at 20 and a half is still a little bit low for a guy that should get the shot volume in this game without Joel Embiid. Um, obviously, the pivot everybody wants to get to is to, uh, sorry, for Tyrese Maxey. And the books have obviously properly maybe overcompensated for that. But um, last four games against the Atlanta Hawks, Tobias Harris has 21 points, 24, 29 this season. And then he had a game where he only had 13. Uh, but he only got shot nine, nine shot attempts in that game. And that was a game I believe that Joel Embiid had 38 for the Philadelphia 76ers. So Tobias Harris over 20 and a half points. I don't hate that. You mentioned the maxi assist. I think that's a good pivot. Um, that number is currently sitting at seven and a half at plus 110. Uh, so I do like that. But other than that, um, nothing else for me in this game. You have anything else? No, not really. Once again, should be a pretty fun game. I like Atlanta early, though. All right, next game on the board, we got the OKC Thunder. They are in South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. Thunder are currently laying four and a half points here on the road against the Miami Heat with a total currently sitting at 233 in this game. Looking at the injury report here for both of these teams, start here with OKC. Um, Where did OKC go? All right, pretty clean injury report for them. Um, Everybody is a go in this game. For the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler is out. Kyle Lowry is doubtful, and Caleb Martin is also doubtful for this game. So no Martin, no Lowry. Uh, Both those guys are doubtful, and then Jimmy Butler has already been officially ruled out for this game. Uh, Let's start with the spread here. Scott, minus 4.5 in favor of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who recently have been slumping a little bit. They uh, they did get the victory against the Washington Wizards, but they have failed to cover their last three games all of which have been on the road. And this is their last road game before they head back home um, tomorrow night, in fact, to take on the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, for me, I think I just like the over in this game. OKC has not been good defensively. Nobody's really noticed because they keep scoring a bunch of points, but it's why they haven't covered many spreads recently because they can't stop anybody. So I like the over in the game. Miami offensively has actually been decent. And I know defensively this team has been kind of hit or miss. 
I see points in this game. I see pace. The side's a bit tricky, uh, so I'm kind of going to skip it, but I do like the over in the game. Uh, Yeah, I agree with the over. I thought this number, even at 233, was a little conservative. The Thunder have... Uh, the over, I should say, has gone... Um, the num- the total has gone over in four straight road games uh, for the... Uh, sorry, four straight games has uh, the total gone over for the Thunder. And this is, like I mentioned, their fourth road game to in the four-game road trip here. And all three of those games have gone over the total as well. But like you mentioned, right, the defense is a concern right now for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And over the last five games, their defensive rating, uh, they are bottom six right down there with Atlanta, Milwaukee Bucks, the Warriors, the Wizards, and the Pistons. Um, I feel like they're playing at a faster pace are the Miami Heat as well without Jimmy Butler in the lineup. Um, it's obviously been led by, you know, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Uh, Duncan Robinson has been able to knock down shots for them as well. OKC over the last five games is top uh, seven in pace. Uh, Miami is at uh, number 18 as well. But I think that we do see some up and down in this game as far as efficient offenses as well. Last five games, OKC is number two as far as offensive efficiency. Um you know, over the last five games here. So I do like the over uh, as far as the side. I think I got to lean with the heat, man. Um, as home underdogs, um, they have been, I mean, we talked about how as home favorites, they haven't been very good, um, but this season, let me see if they have been in the underdog role here. Um, I'll try to pull that up here, Scott, but why don't you uh, give your player props in this game? Yeah, for the player props, I got to go back to Hawkes. You know, I'm a big Hawkes guy. Uh, yep. He's been consistent. He's been solid. And Jimmy Butler is still hibernating until the playoffs. So he's going to keep getting minutes. So I'll go with Hawkes to have a good game. I find the Bam matchup fascinating in this game because the Thunder can't rebound. And Bam, I know he's been a thorn in Terrell's side. I've kind of had mixed results with Bam. Don't I kind of have to take Bam rebounds in this game? OKC just can't rebound the basketball. <clears throat> Yeah, I was going to be mention that as as one of the player props I do like. Um, I think that number's 11 and a half. I saw it last night at. Let me double check what the updated number is here. Uh, yeah, it's still at 11 and a half at minus 120. Um, so last three games, two of those games, he had 13 rebounds each, and then one game he only had nine rebounds. But I think you have to default to yeah, taking Bam either points and rebounds or just his rebounds alone. You know, I'm trying to think about other props that I actually want. I actually don't mind giddy threes in this game because okay. everyone knows that he can't really shoot. So they leave him wide open all the time. And he's actually been decent at hitting some three-pointers recently. So I just want to quickly see what the line is for Giddy. Uh, unfortunately, the over set at like a half at like minus 200, uh, which is unfortunate. But I maybe wouldn't mind the one and a half on the threes at plus 230. I mean, reading off the numbers here, he has had two plus in three of the last five. He's at four plus in two in uh, two of the last five. But the attempts have been pretty steady in general. And I think looking at a spot where maybe you're going to see Miami sag off against him. We know Spolster <clears throat> just got a massive extension because yep. of how smart he is as a coach. The game plan should be let Giddy shoot. So you might end up seeing a decent amount of opportunities for Giddy to get some shot attempts. But he had eight attempts against Brooklyn, seven against Boston. He went back to going to somewhere around three recently. But I think Giddy threes can be an interesting alt line with one and a half or so at plus 230. And I think that's a pretty appealing look. 
Yeah, I think there, there, I think it was a Boston game I was watching where he was he had a really good shooting night against. They just weren't them. guarding him. They just straight up yeah. dared him to shoot. I think I think Miami might do the same thing. Yeah. So he went four of seven in that game uh, against the Hawks. He went two of three in the last two games. He's only got up four attempts, but he made one uh, against the uh, Wizards in their last game, going one of three. So, yeah, I think that's a good plus odds uh, opportunity there. Um, I think Tyler Hero probably have to go back to as well. Um, obviously with Jimmy out, he's pretty much the catalyst of that offense had 28 points against the Rockets, pretty efficient night, 10 of 20 from the floor, five of 10 from three point land as well. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it for me. You have anything else for this game? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I just think once again, it's going to be a lot of points should be fun. I'm going to skip the side, but I do like the over in this game. All right. Next game on the board, we got the Houston Rockets. They are in Chicago here tonight to take on the Bulls. Bulls currently sitting as a four-point favorite in this game with a total of 216.5. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams here for the Houston Rockets, uh, they are going to be without um, Dylan Brooks in this game. Tari Eason has also been ruled out, uh, and those are the two significant names for the Houston Rockets. For the Chicago Bulls, uh, Alex Caruso <clears throat> is probable. Zach Levine is probable as well. And Patrick Williams is probable here as well. Um, did see a note. I think it was the last game that Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine should see an uptick in their minutes since returning from their injuries here. But Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus four in favor of the Chicago Bulls hosting my Houston Rockets. The Rockets are so bad on the road, but the Bulls got Levine back. They've been okay. Then again, they played Charlotte in back-to-back games. and They went to overtime in that road game. Chicago's been good at home, though. I'm going to let you go first because it's your team. Do you actually want to pick them to win a road game? Um, I don't think so. 3-11 um, and 11 straight up, almost 500 against the spread, 6-7-1, and one, and the total's at 7-7 seven and seven in their road games. Uh, I don't know what it is. They just can't just, they just can't get it done on the road, and the numbers reflect that. And I think that for this Bulls team, I think we're kind of all waiting for them to kind of collapse with Zach Levine being back, but they've been pretty good since, I mean, they play the Hornets. I mean, I don't know how much we can take away from that, but uh, they've won two games in a row. I feel like this number's spot on. Do I think the Rockets can keep it within a possession and they lose this game by two or three points? Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Rockets are going to get blown out because they this team plays a full 48 minutes. Uh, I mean, a lot of people probably aren't watching the Rockets games, unless you're a Rockets fan like myself. Though they put in the effort, uh, even if they're trailing by double digits, they they make it a game um, for the full 48 minutes. But you mentioned the road woes are just there for the Rockets. I'll lean with a plus four here. I don't love it. I feel like this line is is spot on here. Um, But lean to the Rockets here. I do think the Bulls would probably win this game straight up. I think I'm going to lean to Chicago in the spot. I, I gave Levine a hard time because, once again, I don't think he's that valuable. But so far, they have not looked atrocious with him back in the lineup. So the chemistry seems to be okay for now. I'll lean to Chicago at home. Total, 216.5. It's such a low total that I think I have to like the under in this game. Houston offensively has been kind of a mess. They had a high-scoring game against Miami. Scored 112 against Milwaukee, but they only gave up 108. So they had a good defensive showing there. Scored 95 against Minnesota. Scored 100, only gave up 101 against Brooklyn. So once again, they're kind of alternating between bad offensive games and good defensive games. But the totals are low anyway. Chicago's had a lot of low totals recently. So I'm going to lean under in this game. 
Yeah, I think. Mm, yeah, I think it's under for me as well. Um, I mean, you take a look prior to that game uh, that went into overtime against the Charlotte Hornets that pushed this game over the total. The my the, the Chicago Bulls were on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight games where their games went under the total. Um, before again, like we mentioned, it took overtime to for the last game to get over the total against Charlotte Hornets. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We're a very, very good defensive team. Um, they fell off a little bit right there over the last couple of weeks here, but I feel like that you know Yudoka has preached that. If we're going to win ball games, it's going to have to be on the defensive end. Can't go out and give up 120 plus points a night and expect to win ball games. So I think we'll see that commitment coming back here for the Rockets on the on the defensive side of the basketball. And again, both these teams don't really play at a high pace either. Uh, you take a look over the last five games. Uh, oh, sorry, season long here as far as pace goes, the Rockets are number let's see, 25. So they're the sixth uh, slowest pace team in Chicago Bulls are actually the slowest paced team in the entire association. So uh, go with the under here as well. Um, player props, Scott, what are you looking at? Yeah, for player props, I feel like I got to start off with at least mentioning in passing a Jalen Green under. We got to start there, right? I mean, it seems like the coaching staff doesn't like him. And I think you probably agree as a fan of the team, they're going to trade him at some point in the next couple of weeks. Do you yeah. agree with that, or do think it's still salvageable? Uh, I don't think I. I mean, I was ready to move on from him last season. Uh, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt that just because he's been through so many different head coaches since he got drafted, that he would be able to find his way. There was a very, very small stretch. Um, I think it was his rookie year or the second year that after the All Star break, when the Rock, I think it was his rookie year, where the Rockets were sitting their their veterans, and he had like a stretch of thirty plus point games. But yeah. that was has pretty much been his the highlight of his career as a Rockets and the uh, team player. sucked in the process. Yeah, so, yeah, so. I, I feel like once again he's getting benched for Jeff Green late in games. Yeah. That's probably not <clears> a good sign. That yeah. makes sense, uh, but I don't think that's a good look for Jalen's future. I like Jabari threes though at mm-hmm. one and a half. Chicago's really bad guarding the three point line. Uh, and you're look. I believe they're allowing. I think it's the fourth most threes in the entire league. But uh, Jabari's gone over in what is it? Three of his last five, and the attempts have been pretty decent. He's attempted at least five threes in four of the last five games. He's attempted at least five threes in seven of the last ten. So I think the volume will be there. Chicago once again doesn't do a great job of chasing opposing bigs off the three point line. Minus one ten for one and a half threes feels a bit low. I'll take the over. What do you see for uh, Van Vliet? <clears throat> Three pointers. Uh, yeah. Um, um, Vliet. Well, you find that the Chicago Bulls are allowing the fifth most three-pointers made uh, on the season. I mean, you could probably just jumble it up. The Utah, they're at 14, but Jazz are at 14.1. Nets at 14.2. And the two worst teams are the Spurs and the Lakers at 14.4. So Van Vliet's at 3.5 at plus 120 on the over. Okay. Um. I mean, he's had pretty good games against the um, Chicago Bulls, but yeah, I think three and a half. I, I, can I obviously he gets the attempts up. There's no question about that. Um, I mean, I would look at it, especially at plus odds. He had he's had double digit attempts in the last two games, three of ten against the Milwaukee Bucks, and he was seven of fourteen against the Miami Heat. So that may be worth a look here for Fred Van Vliet. Cam Whitmore. I started getting more playing time here for the Rockets. Um, 
his points prop would he's had double digit um points in four straight games he's actually getting around 14 to 15 minutes per game um i don't know why his oh, let me see what his points prop is at um nine and a half so i think he's starting to get more playing so i think they're trying to get him into that rotation but I like your call on Jabari Smith. His points probably only at 13 and a half. It is at minus 140. But with Jalen Green just falling off the face of the earth, I think that those are pretty two good pivots for the Rockets side. I want to get to a rebounding prop for the Chicago Bulls, but with the uncertainty of how many minutes that both Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic are going to get uh, is a concern for me. But uh, the Rockets have been allowing a lot of rebounds to that center position, 17.8 over the last two weeks. Um, and also the same thing for the Chicago Bulls as well. So if you want to look at Shane Goon rebounds in this game, I, I don't hate that uh, for the Rockets side either. Anything else for this game, Scott? You know, you mentioned the rebounds. I mean, if Drummond's all on the bench, I don't mind last minute trying to take the over in rebounds anyway because if Drummond plays 18 minutes in this game, he really might get to like 11 rebounds. Houston can't yeah. rebound the ball either. So I don't yeah. mind Drummond over and rebounds off the bench. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it for this game. All right, next game on the board here. Let's go over to a game that's on actually on national TV here tonight on ABC. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, they are in the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Currently, the Pelicans are laying one and a half points on the road here against the Golden State Warriors with a total of 234 in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Pelicans, Jose Alvarado is questionable here tonight. Uh, Zion is questionable and Cody Zeller is available to play for the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul is out with a hand fracture and so is Gary Payton. The second he is out with a left hamstring strain. Uh, Draymond Green is back with the team, but he is ramping up uh, conditioning uh, before he does return for the Golden State Warriors. So, Warriors a little bit thin at the depth, I guess we can say, for their team. Minus two now is a number for the Pelicans here, Scott, uh, in the Bay Area against the Warriors. What do you think? Well, historically speaking, the Pelicans with Ingram and with Zion have really not been good in Golden State. Golden State's been a much better team than they have been uh, this year in the past, but Golden State's won four straight at home, but this team isn't very good at basketball. That's not a hot take. They're just not very good. Now, New Orleans has been a streaky team. It's why this team we can't stand at times because they look really good. Then they have a dud, and they kind of go back up and down, up and down the entire season. So that's kind of why we have a hard time actually backing this team for season futures. But the Pelicans are a better team. It's all into New Orleans. I really do want Zion to play for the sake of this, though, because it's such a good matchup on the inside uh, for Valanchunas and for Zion to dominate on the interior because the Warriors don't really have many great center options. But I'm going to lean to New Orleans. I think defensively, they have a gear that Golden State doesn't have. And Golden State, once again, is really not good at... What are they good at, Golden State? I was going to say they're not good at anything, but are they good at something? Because I can't think of what it is. Um, Even Curry's been pretty underwhelming lately. Maybe. Like I, I don't know what this team's good at. I would say three-point shooting, but even that's not there for this team. Um. I don't know, man. I think there's like just something going on with. I can't say home crowd. They haven't been good ATS at home, so I don't know what they're good at. Once again, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And it's an issue that 
Steve Kerr keeps messing with these lineups and like they can develop that chemistry like within each other. Obviously, we know that Clay and Steph have been playing together for a while. Come on, Looney in that conversation as well. But when you're integrating some of these younger guys into that starting lineup, whether it's you know Trey, um, you know, Trey Jackson Davis, whether it's Moses Moody, whether it's Jonathan Kaminga, uh, whether it's Pods, I mean, he keeps shuffling this lineup and they can't find any chemistry or continuity that obviously is going to throw it off your offensive game plan. This team it, ever since, you know, in the Steve Curry area uh, era, um, they've been a team that always turns over the basketball. And that's kind of been their kryptonite when they do lose these games. But now it's still, it's Steph Curry. And then like I've said, and you've said this a lot that who else steps up and even Steph Curry, like you mentioned, has not been very good over the past several weeks as well. He's had flashes of good games, but, He's a little bit, a little bit more inconsistent than not uh, this season for the uh, Golden State Warriors. So, um, I guess I gotta leave with the Pelicans. I like their depth a little bit more. I think they have the defensive horses in this game as well to kind of contain uh, Steph Curry and and I guess I could throw Clay in that conversation. But with Brandon Ingram, Zion, CJ McCollum, and then Herb Jones and Trey Murphy on the floor, I, I mean, this team is just on paper is by far been this Warriors team right now. So I, I'm going to lay it here with the Pelicans, man. I just need the, the Warriors team to find some type of consistency because they've been alternating between win-loss, win-loss over the past several weeks here. And I, I can't get behind a team that I don't know what I'm going to get out of every single night. So give me the Pelicans here, minus two here. Um, yeah, I also like Tokes's angle. He wants to take some steel props. I don't mind Herb Jones. If Alvarado yeah. plays, I don't mind him as, as well. But the other with the Warriors turn the ball over all the time. They always have. That's been one consistent negative with this dynasty. And they just commit a lot of dumb turnovers. So I don't mind that as well. Ingram steals, maybe, in general. Yeah. Um, total 234 here, Scott. I think I'm going to lean to the under in this game. Because New Orleans might be without Zion. Defensively, I do like this New Orleans team. And Golden State's offense has been a lot worse than it has been in years past. I think I'm going to lean to the under in this game. I th- yeah. Um so Warriors home games this season, they are 13 and 8 towards the over and their way are when they are a home underdog. They're one and three straight up, three and one against the spread and three and one towards the over. But I think it would take a lot of from a pace perspective, and I want to see where the Pelicans are as far as pace goes, because some of the teams that the Warriors have played at home have been up tempo teams. Pelicans are yeah, right in the middle of the pack, and so are the Warriors at 15 and 16 as far as pace goes uh, thus far this season. That number over the last five games, the Warriors are actually falling down to the eighth slowest team, and the Pelicans are the second slowest team. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the under uh, in this game at 234. Player props, anything sticks out to you? Yeah, I think I'm going to go to – I'm going to go with Podes. I'm going to go with his assists. I'm going to go over. Uh, with CP3 being out and with all the injuries they have, Podes has been really good at facilitating. And we know Curry, even though he's a point guard, he's realistically a shooting guard. I mean, a lot of off-ball stuff with screens, and you got to have somebody pass him the rock. But with Draymond not playing, with Chris Paul not playing, Podes has seen his assists jump up quite dramatically. So I do think that he's in line for a good assist game. So I'll go with the over on him. I'm curious if I could actually find a prop on that, but I don't see it at the moment. But when it gets posted, I should be around three and a half, four and a half. I like the over on that. Was that Ingram points um, in this game? I think that his length alone on the offensive side, I think that uh, the Warriors don't really have anybody that can guard him. Probably Kaminga 
or Wiggins, but over the last five games uh, for Brandon Ingram against the Warriors, he's had 32 points, 26, 34, 17, and then 26. Uh, and this dates back to about two seasons ago. And that, that number right now for Brandon Ingram is at 22 and a half. Um, if we think Zion doesn't end up playing in this game, um, it, it, obviously the shot volume for Ingram and CJ McCollum is both going to be there. But even if I think Zion does end up playing in this game, just dealing with a, a thigh contusion, I don't know how effective he's going to be. Uh, is um, Zion if he does play, but Brandon Ingram, 22 and a half points. I do like that. Um, I don't know why I don't see any Valanchunas rebounding props. Um, typically, those are out. Let me see. Yeah, they're probably waiting for the Zion news to drop that uh, yeah. um, rebounding prop. All right, anything else? Uh, no, that's basically it. All right, two more games left here. Let's get over to the Denver Nuggets. They are in Utah here tonight to take on the Jazz. Uh, currently, the Denver Nuggets are a seven-point um, road favorite here with a total of 237 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Denver Nuggets, pretty clean injury report. Um, yeah, everybody is a go. For the Utah Jazz, same thing. Uh, pretty healthy squads here. Utah has everybody healthy. Only guys that are on the injury report are guys that are on G League uh, two-way contracts or assignment uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Denver Nuggets a minus seven uh, in Utah here tonight uh, against the Jazz. What are you thinking? Utah's been good. I mean, they killed Milwaukee. They've been in good form. I know Denver earlier in the year was not great on the road. They've been okay recently, but Utah wants to run. Denver doesn't for the most part. Um, I'll take the seven. Screw it. Give me, give me the team in good form. Yeah, I... You mentioned for the 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 Denver Nuggets, they were on. I um, said at the beginning of the season that they were atrocious on the road. Uh, seven and twelve against the spread on the road. Eleven and eight straight up. They have won one, two, three, four, five, six road games in a row. But it really hasn't been against the greatest competition. They beat the Hawks. They beat the Bulls, the Raptors prior to the trade, the Nets, the Hornets, the Warriors. Um, and like you mentioned, the Jazz have been playing really good basketball here um, as of late uh, with everybody healthy. And obviously, we talk a lot about we want Lori Markin in, in the lineup when they're playing anybody. Um, and at home this season, the Utah Jazz 12 and four against the number 11 and five straight up. So I'll take the points here plus the seven here with you uh, with the um, Utah Jazz uh, total 237 and a half. Scott, what do you think? It's, I'm really torn because I'm curious if I think Utah can actually cover in a lower-scoring game. Because offensively, they've been good, but defensively, they have been... I mean, they're not a good defensive team. They've been okay recently. They're not, like, good by any means, but Detroit plays a bit slower. Uh, let me just see the previous meetings this season. First meeting landed 212. I, I think I got to lean under. I don't feel great about it. I'm not going to play it, but I'll lean under in this game. Yeah, uh... The only like you mentioned, like the Jazz like to get up and down the floor. At last five games, they are number four in pace. Uh, Denver is bottom seven in pace, but they're very efficient offensively. Uh, are the Denver Nuggets um, in Utah defensively over the last five games? They've actually been pretty good. They're actually top ten uh, in defensive rating. Are the Utah Jazz over their last five games? Denver's at number seventeen. Yeah, I don't love it. I get, uh, I'll lean with the under. Not going to have a play on the total, but I do like the Jazz in this game here at plus seven. Uh, player props, Scott, what are you looking at? 
Uh, for player props in this game, Jokic is almost impossible to actually back because he can go for 10 points or 30, depending on what mood he's in. Yeah. I think I have to let Jokic assist in this game, just based on the fact that watching Utah play against Milwaukee, they double-teamed Jokic, uh, they double-teamed Giannis, I mean, basically every time he had the ball. And I am wondering if that's going to be a similar strategy. Maybe they're going to let Jokic go crazy. Maybe they'll let him assist. But I do think he can get the assist anyway because of how good he is if they don't double-team. So I think Jokic assists would be my favorite prop for him in this one. As for the other props, I'm trying to think of what I actually want. I mean, Sexton's been good. Lori's been good. Uh, Lori rebounds, I think, is worth a look in this game. Gonna mention uh, that's that. probably yeah, where Lori I'd go. Rebounds. Yeah. yeah, I was going to mention Lori rebounds. He's had... Um... Three of the last four head matchups, he's had at least 10 rebounds. Um, they played earlier this season, like you mentioned, and that was a really good game for Lori. 27 points, 14 rebounds, five assists in that game. Got up 24 shots. Um, but the... I'm sorry, yeah, everybody was healthy in that game for the Utah Jazz. Walker Kessler had a really good game in that game as well. He had 22 points and 13 rebounds uh, for the Utah Jazz. Um See how he's done in other games against the. So he has two, three games against the Denver Nuggets. His career: Walker Kessler, ten rebounds, eight rebounds, thirteen rebounds, um, and then twelve points, ten rebounds. Uh, sorry, twelve points, ten points, and then twenty-two points earlier this season. So, if you want to look at Walker Kessler rebounds, I don't hate that. Colin Sexton has been playing really well as well uh, for the Utah Jazz. Um, Try to pull up his numbers here. So over the last five games, he's averaging 17.4 points per game. Um, the minutes are the only concern about Colin Sexton because he's only averaging 23 minutes over the last uh, five games. He's played 20 or less minutes in three of the last five games as well. So um, what do we? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll get to Colin Sexton here, but other than that, not much else for this game. Do you have anything else? No, that's basically it. All right. Last game on the schedule here. We got the Toronto Raptors. They are staying in LA to take on the Clippers here tonight. Clippers are a 10-point favorite as it stands right now in this game with a total of 237 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for the uh LA Clippers, pretty clean. Nobody's really on there for them. Toronto Raptors not yet once submitted because again, like I mentioned, they do get that extra time because they are on a back-to-back here. Clippers have been playing some really great basketball, especially on the offensive side. And it seems like they've figured things out, have the uh, Clippers quietly. They are 23 and 13 this season with their record. They have won, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six out of their last seven games. They've covered um, their five and one over the last five games against the spread. And now they welcome in a Raptors team who, uh, are coming off of a game last night that we talked about at the top of the episode was, uh, I guess, controversial, uh, for lack of better words, with the officiating here uh, in that game. But, uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. 10 in favor of the uh, Clippers here against the Raptors. Yeah, it's a really bad spot for the Raptors uh, because not only did you get hosed in a game you probably should have won, but they were about like 160 points in the second half. Your starters yeah. played a ton of minutes. The pace was crazy. And you lost. So I wonder about fatigue. I'm concerned about that. The Clippers have been a great team over the last couple, uh, past month plus at this point. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Clippers because I think it's a really bad spot for Toronto. Yeah, I think the Clippers team total over is probably my favorite play on the board in this game, at least. Um, 
I think that if the Raptors do make the game, it, it'll be in the first half and they probably tail away in the second half with the tire legs catching up to them. So if the Raptors are within a basket or two and they the Clippers don't cover that first half spread, I'll probably look at the Clippers in the second half. But as far as uh, the, my favorite play in this game, is probably going to Clippers team total or even full game total. You talked about it at the top of the episode. When we talked about the Lakers and the Raptors game that defensively they've fallen off, obviously without OG and Anobi playing with a little bit more pace. And I think that I was watching the game, at least in the first half last night, even their commentators uh, were mentioning that this team needs to get up and down the floor because they have the guys that can get up and down the floor. They have young legs, right? With Emmanuel quickly with Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, even when Dennis Schroeder comes in the game, I think that's a guy that can push the pace for this Toronto Raptors team. But uh, this Clippers team has just been very efficient offensively. They take a look at their last five games. They're the best offensive rated team at 125.3. They have a net rating of 12.8, which is the fourth best in the entire league. Um, and, you know, as much as we talked about how bad this Clippers team early in the season was after they made the trade for Harden, I think we got to give them their flowers because they've been able to figure it out and they've been able to stay healthy and they've been efficient offensively and they've been able to win the ball game. So um, Clippers team total over for me. I'll lean towards the Clippers uh, full game here as well. Do you have any thoughts on the total? No, not really. I, it's, I think I like Clippers team total over, but it's it's a spot where the Raptors should play up tempo, but they might not do it well because they're going to be exhausted. So I like the over, I guess, but I like Clippers team total over. All right. Uh, player props. Anything you're looking at? I mean, I think the Clippers have a monster game. I think Zubox and Wine for a big stat line because Toronto can't rebound and they have no centers. So I think yeah. Zubox and Wine for a really big game in this one. Uh, as a result, I think that Harden assist is worth a look as well because he's going to be able to hit Zubok on the rolls and that should get him a couple free assists. But it's mostly Zubok props. You can argue between Kwai and Paul George and how they're going to you know, spread the wealth. But I do think that Zubok's actually in line for a very big game. So give me Zubok to have a solid stat line. Uh, I was just trying to see what his rebounds were at for this game for Zubok. Um, let's see here. Zubok is at nine and a half minus one thirty-five. Um, yeah, obviously I don't hate that. Uh, you mentioned James Harden's assists. That's turning into an auto play as well. Um, James Harden has been actually pretty good against the Raptors in his career as well, but. Um, Harden has had at least 10 assists in four of the last five games. He fell one assist short of making a five straight against the Lakers. Um, but yeah, other than that, don't have anything else for this game. Uh, you have anything else? No, not really. All right. That was the last game on the board here for the uh, schedule here tonight. And I did see a note that just came across here. Scott and Kane mentioning that as well. DeJounte Murray now listed as questionable with a hamstring uh injury for the Atlanta Hawks here tonight. So keep that in mind. Um, if you're betting that Hawks in the Sixers game. All right, let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight, Scott, and then we'll do our underdog fantasy entry. You want to lead us off? Yeah, I think for the lock in this game, I am going to go back to the last game we talked about and actually, or I want to do a same game parlay for that. Um, just let me just quickly look at the board. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go with a player prop here. I'm going to go with Harden over nine and a half assists as my lock at minus 105. Toronto allows a ton of assists. They've allowed even more since making the OG trade. You mentioned Harden's numbers before. He's had at least 10 assists in four and uh, five of the last six games. Only exception was the Laker game where he had nine, but the Clippers only scored 103 in that game. They're going to score a lot more than 103 in this game. So I'm going to go with Harden assists over 
nine and a half at minus 105 as my lock. For my dog, uh, I'm trying to think of if I want any angles. Like the, I thought about maybe the Wizards, but that might be a little bit too bold. Mm. Do I want giddy threes and just go really bold on this one? I actually am thinking about it, but... um, Actually, no, I think I'm going to go with Sabonis alt rebounds in this game. Oh, let me okay. just quickly see what number I can get for Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis is default rebounds at 13.5, so this might get pretty fun. Uh, Sabonis to go for oh boy, let me just quickly filter. Sorry, I just got to find a line. Yeah, I think sixteen plus would probably be starting at the yeah. plus odds. I see one eighty uh, for Sabonis, fifteen and a half rebounds. So once again, I'll go with Harden over nine half assists as my lock minus one hundred five, and my dog will be Sabonis over fifteen and a half rebounds at plus one eighty. Uh, once again, look at the last couple games against the King against the uh, Hornets. He's had. 19 rebounds, 23 rebounds, 16 rebounds. He dominates this team. Give me some bonus rebounds. All right. All right. For my lock, um, it's either going to be the Clippers team total over or the Spurs team total over. Uh, Let's go with the Spurs. I think there's going to be zero defense played in this game. That number's at 120 and a half. Um, we saw last night that the King, I don't know, obviously the rosters are different here, but this it just comes down to just fading this Detroit Pistons defense. They're the uh, worst rated defense, not only season long, but over the last five games for a reason. They're on a back-to-back situation here. Talent is 100% better for the San Antonio Spurs. I know Victor's been on the uh, minutes restriction where he's only playing about 22 to 23 minutes, but Outside of that, Devin Vassell, uh, Kelvin Johnson, um, Malachi Bronham. I mean, those guys have been stepping up the young players, and they've been able to make shots and, and also get to the basket at will. So Spurs team total over for me. That's at 120 and a half. For my dog, um, I'm tempted to take the Hornets on the money line here. I feel like the Kings have just not been very good on the back-to-back situations here, but with the injuries that they do have, um, I, I couldn't quite get there. Um, I'll probably have to go with some type of player prop here for tonight. Uh, let's see here. I think the majority of the points for the Pacers, or not a majority of the points, but with Halley being out, um, the shot volume is going to be through the roof for Benedict Matherin. And we saw that in the second half when uh, Halley did leave in that game against the Boston Celtics. So Benedict Matherin right now, 20 plus points at plus 135 on DraftKings and 25 plus points at plus 380. I'll go with that as my uh, dog here for tonight, especially with a game that has a total of 252 and a half points. Even if it does get to 240 or 245, that's a lot of points that's going to have to be had uh, in this game here tonight. So I think the Pacers, um, Matherin is going to get a lot of minutes here tonight. And like I mentioned, the shot volume should be up for him as well. So Bendik Matherin points 20 plus that plus 135 and 25 plus that plus 380. Uh, I'll go with that as my dog here for tonight. All right, Scott, let's get into our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Uh, We did cash last night, so hopefully we can make it consecutive nights of cashing our underdog fantasy entry here for the Wednesday card. Uh, Where do we want to start here? 
Well, I know that we uh, I had a couple player props for my lock and dog. I don't know if you want to just use those and recycle them or not, but yeah, we can. Uh, let me try, try to lock. I'm assuming you like Sabonis rebounds, even if you think Charlotte keeps it close, because Sabonis will play a lot of minutes and he dominates this team on the boards. So yeah, hundred uh, percent. So let's go Sabonis. Where is Sabonis? Should be a thirteen and a half. Um. Yeah, thirteen and a half. We'll go with higher on that. Um. What else did you mention? I had hardened assists, but I don't know if you want to pivot or just recycle those. But we can do Zubac points if you want to do that instead. So his points are at thirteen and a half. His rebounds are at uh ten. Yeah, Zubac hasn't rebounds. really done a great job rebounding recently, though. I know it's a good matchup for him and all, but uh, he's yeah. actually been better at scoring than rebounding. You want to go points? Yeah, unless you want to do Harden, I'll let you pick. Um, yeah, Underdog has it at nine and a half for his assist. I'll go. Let's do that. I like Harden. Okay. Harden nine and a half assist. Um, what else do we want to go? Um, I wish they had McConnell props. Yeah, I'm not don't. surprised. I'm not surprised they don't have that. Yeah. Um, what was another game that we liked? I mean, did you, you want wanna, something with maybe Rozier against Sacramento? Do you want to? Uh, yeah, there? that's a good call. Rozier's at 26 and a half points. Um, his three pointers are at three points and assists are at 35 and a half. Do you want Trey PA because DeJounte might not play? Uh, let's see if they have that. Points and assists at 40 and a half for Trey. We could do that. I mean, Dejounte is never. It's not. Might not play, so he's gonna have the ball in his hands the entire time. So that's yeah. an option if you want to take that. Okay. But I think I like that uh, pivot. Okay. I was gonna ask. Do you prefer Rozier or do you prefer uh, Trey? Um. Or Matherin if they have Matherin props, but yeah. Let me see if they have Matherin. They do. They have all three. So Matherin's at seventeen and a half points. Yeah. Let's do. Let's do Matherin. Okay. Let's throw in Matherin there. That so total's we'll two fifty-two. Like let's yeah. do Matherin. All right, so we're going to go with uh, Damana Sabonis, higher 13 and a half points, sorry, rebounds. Uh, Sabonis, higher 13 and a half rebounds. Harden, uh, higher nine and a half assist. And then we'll go uh, Benedict Matherin, higher 17 and a half points. So look at us. Uh, we got a little PRA uh, entry going here for tonight on Underdog Fantasy. Hopefully we can make it consecutive nights. That uh, $50 entry will get you $300 in return. Again, Go to underdogfantasy.com, use that promo code SGPN, come cash in with us, and you can also make your own picks uh, if you don't want to follow our picks. But um, yeah, make sure you uh, create an account if you don't have one already. All right, Scott, hour and a half plus in the books here for tonight. Um, We got uh, Aussie Mika. Uh, He has a birthday today, so happy birthday to you, my man. Appreciate you tuning in all the way from Australia. Happy birthday. Hopefully you do. Have a uh, good one. I, I unfortunately cannot do a Aussie accent, so uh, we'll just leave it at happy birthday, uh, my man. Hopefully you have a great one. Appreciate you uh, tuning in with us. He's been with us, I think, since day one, since we started doing the NBA pod as, as a host of this show um, between myself, uh, Terrell, and Scott. So appreciate you, man. Uh, enjoy your birthday. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, not really. Looking forward to the game. Should be back once again tomorrow with... Uh, Terrell, right? You and Terrell switched? Yeah, either Terrell or... Yeah, I think it'll be Terrell tomorrow, uh, filling in for me for the Thursday yeah. card. So, so I'll be yeah. back tomorrow. 
uh, once again with Terrell. Uh, happy birthday, Micah. Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. And uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. There we go. Uh, make sure to follow Scott on X. That's at Rice Show Radio. You can follow me there as well at SportsNerd824. Also follow the NBA Yelling Podcast uh, uh, Twitter account there at SGPNNBA. More importantly, uh, do us a favor, smash that like button before you guys get out of here, and then also subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, YouTube channel here if you haven't done so already. Hopefully, we did find some more winners to put in your pockets here tonight for the NBA action. All right, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow. Same place, same time. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-